0: Welcome to another great message by Pastor Adrian Wright, lead pastor at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. We're finishing off our series on the heart of God. We've been talking about Jesus. It's just the greatest thing when you're going through difficult th- times and difficult moments and when everything feels upside down. The one thing that always remains true is who Jesus is. And so that's been our heart in this series, just to encourage you and to talk to you about who Jesus is and what the heart of God is towards you in case you didn't know. And I want to wrap up that series today, even though the series will never end. It never ends because every single week we talk about Jesus. Everything we do is to point others towards Jesus. We truly believe that He is the hope for humanity. We truly believe that what you can find in your identity in Christ is more fulfilling and satisfying and peaceful than anything else you can discover in this world. It is the answer that we have all been searching for, and it is something that you can discover for your life today. And so the, the message of Jesus is something that we will never stop preaching, no matter how long, uh, we, you know, for as long as we get to do this. As long as I have breath in my lungs, it's always only about Jesus. And so we hope this series has encouraged you. Like Paul says, we preach Jesus no more, no less. That's all that you need. If you have Jesus, you need nothing else. And, and and there's a surrendering that comes when we begin to realize this. There's a trust and a faith and a letting go that we get to experience that changes your life. And this happens because He is the one that calls us. And I want to just end this series off today Uh, with this message called he is the one who calls us he is the one who calls you he is the one that speaks to the depths of your heart he is the one that 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 begins to stir things sometimes it's a divine discontent sometimes it's just a feeling it's just a sense that this isn't all that there is this cannot be all that life contains there must be something more and I believe there is I want to go to Romans 8 and verse 28 to start off with because there's something so powerful in this verse as it reveals God's heart for us. How he wants to take us beyond just living a normal natural life and he wants to reveal his glory in us and through us. So let's go ahead and read this together. If you have your Bibles, you can can get them out. Hey, I encourage you even at home, have a physical Bible, get a notepad, get a pen, write this stuff down, you can go through it in the week. I've still got notes that I started taking in church at the age of 12. Literally, it had Spider-Man in the front. My spelling was atrocious, but the words that I wrote down there, I can still remember the messages that I listened to back in 1996 or whatever it was. And so I want to encourage you to do the same. Romans 8 verse 28, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. How glad are you today to know that God is working everything together. It's because he loves you and it's because he has a purpose for you. There's something he wants to do through this moment, not just in it. God, For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them. He is the one who calls us. He called them to come to Him. And having called them, He gave them right standing with Himself. And having given them right standing or righteousness, He gave them His glory. He gave them His glory. Isn't this incredible? What God does in a human life, that He he works everything together for good, that he knows us and chooses us and wants us to become like Jesus, so that Jesus may be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. There's something powerful God wants to do in and through your life. I remember talking to some people about God a while back, and some of the people in the room I knew and others I didn't. And as we were discussing certain things, the topic led to faith and led to God. And at one point, somebody said, well, I do believe in God, almost, almost as a protest, almost in defense. I believe in God. And so I responded with, okay, so what's holding you back? What's holding you back if you believe He's real, if you believe He exists, if you believe He's the creator, if you believe there is a God, then what keeps you from engaging with that God, from surrendering, from trusting, from walking with that God? You see, the scriptures tell us that even Satan believes in god and trembles at the very sound of his name and so if believing that there is a god made you a christian then satan would technically be more of a christian than you because he believes there's a god and it's quite possible that you don't tremble whenever i say the word jesus but satan does and so it's not enough church for us just to believe that there is a god it's not enough for us even to serve in light of the belief that there is a God. No, that's not what God calls us to. He doesn't call, the, call us to this kind of distance between us and Him that we believe in Him in theory, but we don't engage with Him in practice or in, in a personal relationship. No, God wants our hearts. He wants to change us. He wants to work in us. He wants to bless us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to, he wants to do something supernatural in your life. This is a real relationship. This is something authentic. It's something genuine. It's not religion. It's not just attending a church service. This is something real. And there are many people that don't understand this. And therefore, they miss out on the great destiny that God has for them. That destiny, according to Romans 8 verse 28, is that you are to become like Jesus. There's a transformation that will take place in your life. You'll become like Jesus. He has predestined for you to be transformed, and to experience the glory of God. C.S. Lewis speaks about our problem as Christians, and as believers, and, it, and he says that our issue is not that we desire too much. Maybe you say, "Oh, our problem with, as human beings is we desire too much." No, he says that we desire too little. We're half-hearted creatures that settle for the pleasures of this world rather than for the glory that God has for us and the, the great things he wants to do in our lives. We settle for ordinary, just average, kind of mundane Christianity instead of the fullness of what God wants to do in your life. He wants to transform you to the point where you look like Jesus, he has called you. I believe that everybody knows in some way or another that God exists, that there is a God. That's not something unique. Everybody has this idea that there must be, even if they deny it uh, in theory, that there must be a creator or a God. In Hebrews 8:11, it says that none of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. In Romans 119, it says, Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. In other words, when we just experience nature, when we just look at creation, when we get outside in the evening and look up at the stars in the sky, if you live in Joburg, maybe it's just the star, singular. But if you live somewhere else, you could perhaps go outside and look up at the stars, just the the innumerable measure of stars out in the sky. And you can already begin to know that surely Surely this didn't just come about by chance. His invisible attributes, his power and his Godhead are seen in those things. We experience God in the beauty, in the pain, in the majesty, in the glory of life. In all of those things, we begin to see that God exists. So people know that he exists. And I've seen many times people deny God, believe, say to me that they don't believe that a God exists until they hit a moment of personal crisis. And the next thing they're saying to me is, Adrian, please pray for me. Please ask God. And I encourage them that even though you've denied his existence in the past, you can speak to him today. You can call out to him. And that's because that unbelief is so often willful. It's a willful, it's a a desire to not acknowledge God because of what that acknowledgement may mean for our lives. In other words, we would need to, to surrender our lives to God. And we don't want to do that. We want to, we want to live for ourselves. And even as Christians, I'm not picking on atheists here today. If you're an atheist, we love you and we believe God loves you too. The, the problem for us as Christians is that we often act in that same way, that even though we know that God exists, even though we would profess that we believe in him, when we face crisis in our lives, we don't turn to him. We turn to other saviors. We turn to ourselves. We turn to things that we can do for ourselves to try and rescue ourselves. We find our safety and security in other things rather than trusting in God. And that is why when we preach that message that there is none but Jesus, it is often an offensive message because we are offending the gods that people have chosen for themselves. And, and so often those gods are ourselves. We we, we are our own Gods, we want to save ourselves. We want to be the hero of our own story. Even those who accept Christianity accept it often in principle, and are not willing to surrender fully their own hearts and lives. And that just simply means to trust in Jesus, to trust in God. They want to put God on the shelf, or you know, hide him in a cupboard somewhere, and and perhaps take him out on Sunday and say, Hey, look, I have a relationship with God, but whatever's in your cupboard, it's not God. God doesn't fit in your cupboard. God either is your life or he isn't your life. He's, it's so all or nothing when you truly come to surrender, truly come to trust in God. And here's the problem with that. Whenever we take God and we turn him into a religion or a task or a duty or a philosophy or an idea, We're ultimately denying Him. We're denying God His rightful place in our lives as our Lord, as our Savior, as our King. We've made Him into something that that we want Him to be. Because if He is something that we've made, then we can control Him. And that's what people do with Jesus. People take Jesus and and turn him into whatever they want him to do to be. Oh, Jesus is the one that's going to give me a job. Jesus is the one that's going to give me a parking space in front of them all. Jesus is the one that's going to give me whatever I want. All the things that I'm that I want that I feel will satisfy me. In other words, you're not finding your satisfaction in Jesus himself and in your relationship with him, but in all the things that you think he's going to give you in order to be satisfied. And that's where we begin to miss the heart of God. That's where we begin to miss the power of God's presence in our lives because we're no longer seeking him. Some people treat it the same way that they order off of a menu. Now, I've known some people in my life that can never just order what is actually on the menu if you know somebody like this it can be infuriating as you spend 24 minutes listening to them change everything that was part of the initial dish that they were ordering so they'll order a a chicken burger and they'll say but can you just take off the chicken and you know put on some beef and then can you take off the cheese and just add something else And and before you know it you know they've ordered a hot dog instead of a burger because they've they have so many preferences And sometimes we project and apply our preferences to who we want God to be. We want our own Jesus that's comfortable and safe. But we cannot take Jesus and turn him into who we want him to be. We need to allow Jesus to take us and turn us into everything he desires for us to be. You see, we've got this thing the wrong way around. We're not the one shaping Jesus. Jesus is the one shaping us. Somebody once said that God created man in his image, and then man returned the favor. Now, through all the things that we have heard in this series about who Jesus is, he's a friend of sinner, he's the king of kings, he's the Messiah, He's our baptizer, He's the one who transforms us, He's the one who empowers us, He's the one who loves us. Surely, by faith, if we lean into those scriptures, if we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we can surrender to this good and gracious God. A prayer that I've prayed my whole life. And it's a prayer that I have just moments of realness between me and God, where I just go, God, I know who I'm, I'm not who I'm supposed to be yet. But I'm asking, here I am. Here's my life. Here's everything I am. Will you just take me and whatever it looks like, just let me be who you want me to be, God. There's, there's so much joy and, and these often become emotional moments for me between me and God because in those moments I realize that there is nothing more that I desire than to truly just be in the hands of God and for Him to make my life whatever it is that He is destined for it to be. And that is a powerful thing. That's something that you can do. Today We saw how in Romans 8 verse 28, it showed us that God is at work in your life. He's causing this change even through the difficult moments. He's, he's got a purpose for your life because he knew in advance that he would choose you and that he would want you to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Now, did you notice that it said that Jesus was going to be the firstborn, not the onlyborn? If you're an only child, I'm sure your parents don't introduce you to everybody else as, oh, this is my firstborn. No, they usually say, this is my son, this mother's the only one I got. But if somebody says firstborn, it indicates that there are more children to come or more children after. And what this is saying is that that God did everything that he needed to do through Jesus so that you and I could fulfill our destiny, the destiny that God has for us, to become like him, to be transformed into that same image and to be effective in this world as his church, as his children, just as Jesus was. That's such a powerful thing for us to realize. We are the children of God. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn, there it is again, over all creation. The image of the invisible God. He is, Jesus came to show us the heart of God. That's what we've been talking about. To show us what God is like. But what this says, is that we are transformed into that same image. And therefore, When we become more and more like Jesus, we are also able to show this world what God is like. We're able to show His heart. We're able to grow in love. E. Stanley Jones says, if you're not growing in love, you're not growing at all. We're able to grow in love, in the fruit of the Spirit, becoming more like Him. Jesus said, those who have seen me have seen the Father. And the cry of our heart as a church and as a people is that we would follow after Jesus, that we would surrender to Him, that we would behold Him, and that through beholding Him, we would become like Him to such an extent that people would say that those that have seen these people, that those that have seen the people at Anchor Church, that those that have encountered that community have seen Jesus, that through our lives, people can see Jesus. How do we become like Jesus. How is this even possible? 2 Corinthians 3.18 shows us this. It says, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the most important thing that we can say right from the get-go is that it's not in our own strength. You don't become more like Jesus by trying hard. You don't become more like Jesus by trying to discipline your flesh. You don't become more like Jesus by trying to keep yourself out of the realm of temptation. You become more like Jesus by the grace of God. Without grace, none of us can do this. This is because God has chosen to work in us. It happens in three ways. The first one is by beholding Jesus. That's what we see there. It says, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. So as we behold him, we are transformed. And we see who we are. We see the glory of God as in a mirror. We we don't only see Jesus, but we see who we are in Jesus. The Bible says that anyone who sins is like the man who has looked at himself steadfastly in a mirror and going away has forgotten what he looks like. In essence, sin means to miss the mark. It just simply means that you're operating outside of who you are, who you have been created by God to be. And so the more we behold Jesus, the more we actually are transformed to become like him. God moves us from glory to glory by his holy spirit. That's so powerful. We get to discover that. We get to see Jesus with unveiled face. The second thing is as we crucify the flesh. So we become like Jesus as we behold him and as we crucify the flesh the flesh. Jesus said, "Those that will come after me must deny themselves." and follow after me. Now, this is where I think, again, we can so easily fall into a trap. I I remember somebody once asking me the question, great, that's awesome. How do we do that? How do we deny ourselves? And I really didn't have a solid answer. The best I could come up with is take opportunities to deny yourself. You know, when you you have a chocolate that you bought and you break it in half and you're deciding whether or not you're gonna give your wife the bigger half. (laughs) Guys, you should always give your wife the bigger half. Um, but, but, you know, or you're sitting in traffic and you have the opportunity to lose your temper and you choose not to and, and kind of give way. You know, those are, that was the best I could come up with. Just kind of take opportunities to be better. But that question just nagged at me. And then I realized in all of my efforts to try and die to myself, I actually was resurrecting myself because I was trying to save myself. And then I realized, the key to truly deny yourself, to truly crucify the flesh, is to trust in Jesus. Faith is the key. Not faith in self, but trusting in the finished work of the cross. Because that means I'm, I'm dead. I'm no longer there to try and save myself. I'm not trying to, to resurrect the old self. I've simply surrendered. I've given myself over to the grace of God. And I've allowed God to start transforming me. That's how we deny ourselves and follow after him. And the third thing is to grow in love. As I said before, if you haven't grown in love, you haven't grown at all. God is love. The Bible tells us that. And so the only way we can accurately portray him to the world is if God is making us more loving. True love. Truly concerned, truly compassionate, truly caring about those around us. As we grow in him, the good news is we will also increase in love. And that love, the love of Christ, the Bible says, it compels us. It moves us. We will begin serving. We will begin helping. We will begin making a difference purely because we have grown in the love of God in our own Lives, And this is how we will become more like Jesus. This is how we will live more like Jesus. We have a great destiny, church. You have a great role to play. I want to encourage you this morning. Surrender to God's Spirit. Allow Him to transform you. Behold Jesus. Understand what it is that He has done for you on the cross. This dying world is dying to see Jesus in us. We can become the light of the world and bear the image of Christ. That is is the, the honor and the privilege and the glory of God that we get to experience by His grace and grace alone to actually show this world what God is like. And that is what we want to do, especially in times like these. We want to be the light of the world and the hope of the world. And you, whoever you are watching today, can be a part of that story. Just give your life to Jesus. Let's go ahead right now and just surrender our lives to Him.